This is the Read Your Bible Podcast, the daily podcast designed to help you understand and apply the scriptures. Nothing will grow your relationship with Jesus Christ more than studying the Bible for yourself. I'm your host, Drew Tankersley, and for the next few moments, I want to invite you to join me as we dive into God's Word together. We'll ask God to help us see what He wants us to see so that we can be who He wants us to be. Can one person's life really make a difference? We all want to believe that our testimony has impact far beyond our lifetime. But sometimes that requires a difficult message to hear amid difficult times. Such was the case with the prophet Haggai. But what God did through this man's message single-handedly course-corrected a plan derailed by criticism and discouragement. It's a story worth considering today from Haggai chapter 1, verses 3 through 6 read, The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it a time for you yourselves to live in your paneled houses while this house lies in ruins? Now the Lord of armies says this, Think carefully about your ways. You have planted much but harvested little. You eat but never have enough to be satisfied. You drink, but never have enough to be happy. You put on clothes, but never have enough to get warm. The wage earner puts his wages into a bag with a hole in it. Haggai was a prophet of God used at a very strategic point in the history of the Jewish people. After their repeated refusal to repent of the idolatry that would eventually cost them their land, the people were carried away into captivity into Babylon. Prophet after prophet had warned them against the worship of the false gods of the land. This nation was designed to be holy, set apart for God in relationship to him. You see, God had divinely chosen these people, this nation, to be the stage upon which he revealed his character to the world. And since God is a God of justice who keeps his promises— God's character bound him to punish their infidelity to the covenant promises that they made as they entered the land. Even after Moses repeatedly warned the people in Deuteronomy 28 of the curses awaiting them if they failed to worship God alone and turn to other idols, the people's rebellion forced God's hand of judgment upon their wickedness. Because of his covenant promise, God banished them from the land per the covenant agreement in 587 BC when Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, a hand-picked man to be the tool of God's judgment, burned the city, destroyed the temple, and carried the best and brightest of Judah to the land of Babylon. According to the prophecy made by Jeremiah before their captivity, God would raise another leader to send them back after 70 years. That king was the leader of the Medo-Persian Empire, a ruler named Cyrus. Cyrus would be God's servant, divinely appointed to send the people back to their land to rebuild the temple destroyed more than 70 years earlier under Babylonian domination. The prophet Isaiah spoke of Cyrus by name over 150 years before his birth as the one who would do this. This supernatural work of God in rousing Cyrus's spirit was mainly due to the influence of God's prophet Daniel, who served as Cyrus's trusted advisor. 
God had given Daniel precise instructions as to the timeline of the events that were to follow. God gave these instructions in large part because of Daniel's faithful repentance and intercession on behalf of God's people. But when Cyrus sent the people back to the land, the invitation to return was met with lackluster support. Though the people had the promise of God, the endorsement of the king, and the resources necessary to do precisely what God had called them to do, the comfort they found in their chains of captivity served as a deterrent to the uncertain future that awaited them in following God's mandate to return. Those who did return under Zerubbabel faced the hard choice to refuse the help of those syncretic interlopers who lived in the land. These individuals who worshipped Jehovah, but also the idols from the land that they came from. Their half-hearted devotion to God was rebuffed as the people refused to secure support from those whose loyalty was divided between Jehovah and the other gods that they worshipped. And when their invitation to help was declined, the people living in the land began to actively discourage the people of God from doing the work of God in rebuilding the temple. The resistance to God's work spanned the course of at least three kings until eventually the bribery within the government even turned the heart of King Darius, who now withdrew his support from the construction project. The people were utterly discouraged, stranded in their homeland, cut off from financial aid, left to fend for themselves among the resistance of the people who were now settling in the land. Those settlers drafted a letter supposing that these Jews would refuse to pay tribute once the city was built, and that letter was enough to stop the government from funding the project altogether. Now these people were left discouraged, broke, and dejected. So, with an altar and a foundation built, the people stopped working on the temple altogether. The work had ceased for 17 years now. Just imagine, if you will, all the promise, all the hope that had come with the people who had returned to the land, all that was now overgrown with the weeds poking through a half-constructed foundation and an altar now dormant again. These people had allowed their discouragement and disillusionment with God's plan to cause their attention to be diverted to other endeavors. They now spent their money and time building their own houses, constructing their own tiny kingdoms. Rather than rebuilding the house of God, they chose instead to rebuild their own lives. This drift is the inevitable consequence of such disillusion. The people's focus had drifted to selfishness rather than service. And it is in this context that Haggai the prophet finds himself. Now let me encourage you to watch the video at the beginning of the one-story reading plan on the book of Haggai. I'll also link it in the show notes to today's episode. Haggai asked the people, Is it time for you to live in paneled houses while the temple lies in ruins? He then warns the people of the futility of rebuilding their lives under such conditions. He says that they will plant a lot but harvest little. They will eat, but never be full, drink, but never be happy, have clothes, but not enough to keep warm. 
He says to them, it's like putting your wages in a sack with a hole in it. Such is the futility of our selfish development when we ignore the work of God. When we become so discouraged with the church and with our situation, when we want to throw up our hands in despair at the shape of the world or the church or the dreams we once had, we often run the risk of just giving up on those things and instead pursuing selfish gains. But this is folly because God will not allow us to prosper if we willfully ignore the proper priorities of our lives despite the discouragement that we feel. We can try all we want, but it will only be stuffing wages in a sack with holes in it, so long as we ignore the priority of our time and devotion given to God. When we ignore God's work while pursuing our own little kingdoms, we can expect, as the prophet said, skies without dew, destroying the crops of our labor. We can expect supernatural drought that dries up our works, grain, wine, and oil. The only proper response to this word of rebuke that Haggai declares is to do as the people did. The remnant of God's people obeyed the Lord their God and the words of the prophet Haggai because the Lord had sent the Lord their God had sent him. So the people feared the Lord. Chapter 1 verse 12. The powerful promise to those who do this is that the Lord is with them, just as Haggai said. When we return to the Lord in repentance and put his kingdom work first in our lives, he promises to be with us. God's promise manifested itself by the rousing of the spirit of Zerubbabel and Joshua, son of Jehozadak, to begin working on the temple again. It's interesting, the word rousing is the same word used of Cyrus in Ezra chapter 1. God again woke up his people to their work because of one man's faithfulness in speaking a word of rebuke that no one wanted to hear, but everyone needed to hear. God uses the seemingly minor prophet in a big way, for without his sermons over these four months, the temple that would house the glory of the very Messiah would never have been built. This truth is one we will witness tomorrow. But for today, Let's never forget the importance of seeking first the kingdom of God, even when that work may seem to discourage us, even when it feels like the work has been derailed because of the discouragement and the criticism around us. We must keep our focus and be about the work of the kingdom, for in so doing, the Lord will be with us. Who knows, he may use us to rekindle the flame in the hearts of his people, rousing them to again return to the work of God. So Jesus, keep our hearts focused. Help us to remember the words of Haggai in a season of discouragement. Lord, we have all endured so much over the last few years, and it's so easy to weaken our hands and turn them into lesser kingdoms. Help us to seek you first in a season of difficulty, and may our resolve inspire others to return to that kingdom work as well. In your name, amen. Thanks for joining us today for the Read Your Bible podcast. For show notes to today's episode, please visit readyourbible.info. While you're there, you can listen to past episodes as well as access a host of additional resources designed to help you grow in your faith. It's all there for you at readyourbible.info. That's readyourbible.info. 
For more information about South Seminole Baptist Church, just go to southseminole.com. Join us again tomorrow as together we help you learn to read your Bible.